Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This webmasterradio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. Today's forecast calls for 6 to 12 inches and temperatures will only be in the teens overnight, so bundle up and... Imagine you're planning your end-of-year reports, planning for next year. What are you going to do to monetize more in 2011? We're going to have clear and sunny skies with a perfect day of weather for everyone coming to AFCON 2010. Warm up your marketing strategies this December in our winter oasis for affiliate marketers. AFCON 2010 Florida, December 8th through 10th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle Resort in Aventura, Florida. Sign up now at AFCON2010.com. That's AFFCOM2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to the WordPress Community Podcast. The essential source for news and information on the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. Learn about the newest updates and plugins, as well as exclusive interviews with WordPress experts that are sure to help you enhance your skill set. Now, please welcome the hosts of the WordPress Community Podcast, Yost Ivoff and Frederick Towns. Hey everyone and welcome back to another WordPress podcast. Um, this week we won't be doing any news because, well, that's boring and there's people that are better at that than we are. Um, so we'll be talking to our guests. Frederick's here, of course. Hi, Fred. Hey, everybody. And uh, we've got an awesome guest and not just because she's female, uh, but it's Liz, Liz Strauss. Hi, Liz. Um, and thanks a lot for being here to start with. And now we've lost this. <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I'm here, but I'm hearing everything twice. Oh, that's not good. Well, maybe Braska can fix that up for you. Uh, are you hearing it twice now as well? 
No, that's better. Ah, good. Okay. Oh, wait. No, I am hearing you twice. <laughs> oh, you, you've probably got the sound on from the chat room, right? Oh, maybe. That's probably it. Actually, Liz, go ahead and just click out of that window, and then I just put a link in our personal chat. That's where you can go where you don't have to listen to it. There we go. I've left the chat room. You should tell that to people up front. Makes mental note. Okay, Elvis so. has left the chat room. <laughs> so, um, let's try that again. Hi, Liz. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Hi, I'm still here and not quite as confused. <laughs> so, um, for everyone out there, could you uh, tell them who you are and what you do? Uh, my name is Liz, and I'm irresistible. I live in Chicago, and I help people and companies bring make strategies to bring their businesses onto the social web. And, that sounds uh, that, like a very studied line. Well, you know, it sort of is. <laughs> you know, it's like I work with like big companies, like companies like Dell and uh, Conagra Foods, and um, I work with people who look a lot like me who want to find their way around the social web without making fools out of themselves. How's that? Okay, cool. So what do you teach them then? Uh, well, I teach them that they, they probably ought to get to know um, what it is they want to do before they start picking up the tools and throwing them around. You know, you don't build a house um, uh, by just picking up a hammer and starting out. You kind of decide how many rooms you want and where the bedrooms go and those kind of things first. So, um, and I'm a big advocate of WordPress because it's just so easy and so smart. And I've been on WordPress since 1.5. Ouch, that's a long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I and and my blog shows it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's due for a bit of a redesign, I think. Because you're, oh, yeah. you're actually prettier than you look in that picture. Oh, well, thank you. But uh, <laughs> the, I, I've actually, my blog has gone through like so many renditions that, that um, like coders come look at it and then they look at it and then they look at it and then they run away. <laughs> it's like a big old train because um, it's been hand-coded and a lot of the, um, the blog posts are hand-coded and um, it has evolved. It's got 4,000 blog posts on it and 90, about 91,000 comments on it. Um, so everybody's sort of afraid of it. It's like an old diesel train that's about ready to fall apart. So it's going to be a big endeavor to uh, find the right people and the right... The database has been on to WordPress MU and off WordPress MU and <laughs> it's an SEO kind of challenge. I'm SEO challenged, just. Well, not only SEO challenged, it sounds like you're WordPress challenged. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year, um, it, we had a problem where it stopped, it became a read, it became a, a, one, a web 1.0 blog. You could, you could read it, but you couldn't write to it. The database just like suddenly froze for 10 days. And at the end, uh, eventually, Barry Abramson had to go in and fix it. Um, he was the only one who could figure out what was wrong with it. Um, like for 10 days, I thought my blog fired me. I felt like I had a broken relationship. I wouldn't go 
I wouldn't go blog on my other blog because I felt it would mean that my relationship with my big blog was over. Yeah, and that for a blog, folks, that is actually uh, to be found at successful-blog.com. Um, that, that's a bit weird, isn't it? It, it was. It was sad and scary. Yeah, I believe that. So, um, how did you get in all this? What made? What started you as a blogger? Um, around about 2005, I, I've been in publishing um, since before you were born. Well, that's not uh, too hard. And uh, I started, um, and and I was on the product side of publishing, so it was very easy for me to move into the building for a few years and then get tired of working with all those people who lived in boxes, so move out of the building and uh, work freelance and then move back in the building and out of the building. So during one of the periods around 2005, July of 2005, I um, I was working at home and someone said to me, you know, Gary reads the daily costs and he thinks we should have a blog. What would you charge to build us a blog? And I said, heck if I know, I'd probably have to build a blog and figure out how much time it takes. And so I did. Like that weekend, I, I built, I started my writing blog. And then eventually, um, I, I started writing on Successful Blog that October, and uh, Pro Blogger was about three months old, and I think there was one, at the time there was one SEO blog that I knew of, and it was called the SEO blog. And um, there were just like, there were two kinds of blogs, hobby blogs and business blogs. And the hobby blogs looked like hobby blogs. <laughs> They were mostly on Blogspot, and the business blogs looked like um, Forbes.com, only not as big. And people were arguing about whether business people should have their pictures on their blogs at that time. And, um, and then the trains came, the big blog networks came, and and I remember the first time that I wrote on successful blog. It was on WordPress 1.5, and I, I looked at it, and I sat down and tried to read the codec <laughs> for about 15 minutes. And then I went, heck with this. I'm just going to, like, figure it out. Yeah. Well, you, and so you did. And, 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 from, so I, yeah. and from that sprung a series of conferences that has become quite successful. Well, um, yeah, actually, one day in 2006, which is about... It was May 9th of 2006, which is about, oh, let's say from May to October before Twitter was born. I was bored on a Tuesday, so I like took a picture of a microphone and put it up on my blog and said, tonight we're just going to talk in the comment box. And it became known as Open Comment Night every Tuesday night on my blog. Now, little did I know that... Um, I was giving away four hours of my Tuesday night for like the rest of my life. Uh, it's very dangerous when I get bored. Uh, but around about the following, you know, about the time the tour was being born that October, a couple of the guys who hung up out on Tuesday nights, uh, Terry Starbucker and Chris Cree said, you know, we should bring this party to Chicago so that all of these people could meet because this was before meetups and tweet ups, you know. And, um, and I said, I sounded like everybody's mother. I said, you guys, like, no, that's too much work. Um, <laughs> you know, 
you play that guitar for six weeks and if you still want to do it, maybe I'll buy it, you know. And sure enough, six weeks later, they still wanted to do it. So I said, all right, well, I guess if we're going to do it, we might as well, um, you know, put some content there so people can write it off on their taxes. And, um, and so we did. And uh, our goal was to break even, which we, we sort of did and sort of didn't. I think the event lost maybe $3,000, which wasn't too bad. Um, and 100 people showed up all in the same room at the same place. And that's where I finally got to meet Laurel, Laurel Van Fossen, in person. Um, she didn't look anything like I expected her to look. Uh, <laughs> nor did she sound or act anything like I expected her to sound or act. Um, but we were instantaneous friends, and uh, the whole group of people, it was an amazing thing that you can't replicate anymore because, you know, now we meet each other in twos and threes, but there were a hundred people in the room who had been, become close and gotten to know each other and crawled around inside each other's heads, but they never met in person, and they were meeting all at once, so everybody turned into refrigerator magnets and the bar made no money because everybody was too busy talking to order another drink. <laughs> so the first time I actually heard of that Subcon was not from you, uh, but from Chris Brogan, um, who basically told me that that's where he get all, he gets all his ideas for the rest of the year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's it's not really a conference. It's... it's um, it, it takes place in one room, and only 150 people um, fit in that one room. And you sit at a table with four other people who become like your your mini mastermind team. And and we built we the idea was always like, what if you built a conference that was sort of like a blog, where it's meant to start the conversation but push it into the participants. So. We built it backwards. I build like a wireframe for the conference and pick six content blocks that are always strategies and tactics that we use online and off. And then then I pick the people who will speak on those. So like this year, one of them was uh, claiming your rewards and leveraging them for the future, which like who did that better in the last year than Chris Brogan? year ago at SobCon, he had a shaved head and was wearing an Alcatraz t-shirt and his book was four months late. And this year he's a, you know, a Wall Street Journal best-selling author who's working with all the major brands you can name and he has 100% cloud on the internet, you know. So, um, so I called him up and said, okay, Chris, you know, this is your topic and you get 20 minutes to talk about this topic that's like six days worth of topic. And, um, and then after that 20 minutes, we throw it onto the tables and you sit and talk with your mastermind team and immediately apply that to your business right then and there. So it's um, pretty engaging and so evil. <laughs> I didn't tell Brogan. We did a panel that followed Brogan's. Um, so it was sort of like Brogan spoke and then it came to the tables and then there was a panel. I didn't tell Brogan, but I put a guy by the name of J.J. French on his panel. J.J. French is uh, um, one of the co-founders and owns the name and still plays with a band called Twisted Sister. So it's like, okay, rock star, have a rock star. It was really, really fun. 
Uh, he was a fan of uh, Twisted Sister, so they got to be pretty good friends. Cool. Cool. So, um, in, in all this, this is all pure fun, right? So, uh, where's, where do you make the money? You, you, you transplant this to companies that you help? Um, yeah, the SOPCOT model is actually built as a training model. My background is in structural design. And um, the model, actually, there's a blog post on Successful Blog today called the 10-point plan, plan for building an internal community. And um, basically, part of the SOPCON model is really part of it. We call it models and masterminds. And it's how to, you know, bring the collaborative team effort into a corporation to meet your goals. And the idea is really that, you know, if you want to have fiercely loyal fans, you can't just have them outside your company. You know, you have to turn the inside of your company into brand ambassadors. And in fact, you know, what if um, you only had one community that included the employees, um, the vendors, partners, and the customers all in the same group instead of, you know, the people inside of the building, a big wall, and the people outside the building. And so, yeah, that's kind of where uh, a lot of the big money comes. And then we use the tools. It's like using the tools uh, from from the big blogs uh, to the other social media tools uh, to execute on that. Okay. Well, let's get a bit deeper in that uh, right after the break. But we have to pay some money, some bills here first as well. So, talk to you after the break. All right. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more WordPress Community Podcast after this. Hey, Joel Com here, and I want you to hear something. That's my ka-ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that ka-ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-ching, How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at kachingbook.com, and I'll give you a ka-ching button for free. All the details are there at kachingbook.com. That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-server solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. Ad Media tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything Ad Media can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. Ad Media, strong ROI made simple. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. 
Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. The WordPress Community Podcast continues only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Yost Ivok and Frederick Towns. Okay, so we're back with uh, with Liz Strauss, and, and one of the things that I wanted to uh, delve into is, you know, Liz, when you're you're getting started with a, a new client, that maybe their awareness of, of the whole social media and social web kind of space and uh, vernacular and uh, and just all the goings on is just not there. How do you start communicating with them? What kinds of analogies or principles are you communicating uh, to them? Because I think for the listeners, I mean, lots of them maybe use social media or maybe they don't use it yet or maybe they use it and they don't realize that's what they're doing. So maybe uh, hearing how you communicate these kinds of uh, principles would be valuable. Um, uh, Are you familiar with the movie The Wizard of Oz? I am. I'm too too young for that, people. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I've I've seen it, of course. Um, well, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy never had a relationship with Oz. In fact, she feared Oz. And the big sentence in the Wizard of Oz is, "Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain." So, you know, it's like, I start by saying, have you read your own website lately? Um, Because nobody wants to go to dinner with somebody who only talks about himself. You know, it's like pretty boring. And it used to be in the olden days that, you know, if you were at the corner of state and Maine, you had the location, the traffic going right by you. But now solution is the new location you know being at the front page of google is the where you want to be you want to be findable you want to be solving a problem and one of the ways to do that is to come out behind the curtain to come out from behind your website and to be all about the people who are reading your website and a website isn't really complete anymore unless it has a blog because a blog is where you can actually find out and talk to you know the people who you want to do business with. One of the things that's really cool about social media is not that it's something um, different or other, but that it can amplify and magnify what we're doing. And, uh, you know, in the olden days, we were geographically limited. You know, if you lived in Amsterdam or Florence or Chicago, you, you could only like pretty much market to the people who could get to your store so that you could be the only one in your geographic location. But now that we're on the internet, you know, you can't be the only SEO guy in the neighborhood because the neighborhood is the whole world. So in order to stand out, you have to like narrow your niche so that you become the only SEO guy who, the only SEO guy who's as handsome as Yoast, whatever. And in that way, People have something to say about you that they can pass on very easily, and and you become, you know, in a category of one, sort of like Cirque du Soleil, you know, or you know, if you remember Riverdance, 
you know, Michael Flatley couldn't really knock off Riverdance. I mean, he couldn't really replace Riverdance. He, he became the knockoff. He became the guy who tried to replace Riverdance, and it didn't really work. Um, you know, he becomes the second best. So first I tell him to come out from behind the curtain to, like, leave your office, leave your building, leave your website, and go out and meet the people because um, social media allows you to, as opposed to deal with every person in your geographic location, to go out and find the ideal customers, partners, clients, readers that fit you. Which, as we were speaking earlier, if you have the perfect web design, you can design your blog to look like they look so that they're automatically attracted when they arrive on your blog and they recognize themselves the same way you do when you walk into a restaurant, you know whether you belong there or not, so to speak. Okay. Right. Go ahead, Just. If you, if, uh, let's apply that to, um, well, Dell, for instance. Um, Dell has its perfect customer, but it, it probably has a, a perfect customer view that includes about two billion people. Yeah, well, yes and no, yes and no. But it has six different product lines. I think one of the things that big brands kind of don't get right. I was talking to someone from GM this week about the same problem. I just bought a new Dell computer, uh, a laptop. And because I had been down to Dell and they discussed what each of their six product lines they were built for, I, I was choosing between the, the XPS and the Adamo. I knew I liked the look of both of them, but because they, they had actually said, we build the XPS for people who are weird like Liz, and uh, we, we, we build the Adamo for people who are more traditional like Liz's partner, Terry. This is not their words, those are mine. Um, you know, I kind of sorted that out of what they said. You know, I knew to go right to the XPS and not have to waste my time looking at the other computers. When I was talking to Connie Burke, who's with GM, she said, so what are we doing wrong? I said, well, you know, you've told me four different times at four different events that the, the new um, Buick LaCrosse is the car that you think is perfect for entrepreneurs. Um, but you're not telling your audience that, you know, so you're not telling entrepreneurs that. So entrepreneurs are going to look at all the, all the Buicks and I got to choose between the Regal and uh, whatever the other, you know, Buicks are, uh, the Regal, the LaCrosse and the Enclave and figure out which one's right for me. Whereas if you just tell me, you'll save me a lot of time and time is the one thing we don't have. True. Um, so basically, they, they should use their product lines to segment across their uh, the customers they want. Exactly, and they and like at the Sobcon that we're doing in in Denver in September, we're 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 looking at three different points of view. One is, do you have the right model for your business? In other words, from from the minute you start an idea till you execute it to your customer. You know, the way a piece of paper travels across your desk, the way an idea travels through your computer, the way um, something travels through the teams in your building, whatever it is. Does that work? Does your process work for what you're doing? The second one is, do you have the right model for your market? And in the, in the case of Dell, 
when we were down there for the customer advisory panel, we got into a conversation about why they outsource their customer service um, to India. And um, they were really great. I mean, you know, very forthcoming and honest about it. They said, you know, something to the effect of we didn't believe that uh, people would be willing to pay the price they'd need to pay for the computers if they kept all their um, customer service in North America. Um, and, I, and I looked at them and said, do you understand if that's the reason you're doing it, that you're going to attract customers who care about price? Yeah, unlike us. Um, and, and thereby, you're going to put yourself in a market with other customers who care about price, you know, and they're going to leave you as soon as someone has a lower price. And um, as a result, I, I'm having regular phone calls over that one sentence. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's but, pro probably good business, too. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm not minding. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the idea is, you know, I mean, we all need someone outside this, you know, you can't be inside a system and outside a system at the same time. No. You know, you can't be yourself and see yourself at the same time. Uh, or my favorite is, when you have a song stuck in your head, you can't remember what it's like not to have a song stuck in your head. Um, and so we all need somebody outside our business to sort of look at what we're doing. And, and like you did earlier, say, you know, Liz, your blog really needs a new design. Um, I know. <laughs> I didn't say that. I thought it, but I didn't say it. I've been thinking it for three years, believe me. You know, it's like, help. I, I can't afford the kind of new redesign it needs. But maybe soon. Well, you, you can't afford it? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it needs like a five-figure redesign. Oh uh, no. We'll, we'll talk about that on, at another point in time. <laughs> All right. But um So the the so that's the second part is to like do you have does your model meet your market? Um and what I see on a like a entrepreneurial level is people building, you know, this is in fact, part of how our conference got built was too many people were coming to my back door going, I've been living with my parents for six months, I've only made $600, can you help me? Um, or, I built my blog, it's really beautiful, I love what I'm doing, can you show me how to make money? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, excuse me, but you've kind of got it in the wrong order. Um, so, you know, it's like, um, you know, these are people who didn't go to business school, didn't know anybody who went to business school, and never saw the business school building uh, is, is actually where it sort of started. So the, the third piece in the model, you know, after you match your model to what you're doing and match your model to your market is what's really crucial now is to add extraordinary value, which is the Cirque du Soleil thing. Take away everything that customers don't like, enhance everything that customers love and then throw in something that only you can do um, because that becomes a barrier to entry um, that can't be replicated i.e. you know Cirque du Soleil took a three ring circus took away two of the rings 
took away the animal acts, took away the star performers, enhanced the ballet, enhanced the drama and the story, and was able to take a $5 to $10 circus ticket and raise it to the price of a Broadway show and became a one of a kind thing um, that nobody can replicate because if anybody tries to, they'll just become the people who tried to knock off Cirque du Soleil. So Liz, how does, what I'm hearing is, you know, to differentiate yourself is obviously key to success and you want to position yourself for success, you don't want to necessarily position yourself for adversity. That's straightforward. Obviously, you've also said that it's important to, when differentiating yourself, make sure that you're adding value and that that value is desirable for your target market. But how do you people arrive at these conclusions? Do they need a Liz Strauss or can they sit there over some coffee over some period of time and arrive at these conclusions on their own? How do they do that? I, I think that um, the, the, the best models I've seen are people who solve their own problems um, and do it in a way that they're solving their own problems for other people. Like, um, you know, I built my event, which is a one-of-a-kind event that nobody can replicate because they don't like think backwards like I do. Um, um, because I wanted to have an event that that was small, that would have, you know, 150 of the best minds in the room so that once a year I could take my brain out to play in a really cool environment um, and and really do some fabulous thinking and, and, and give back like we do on Sundays to uh, nonprofits. Uh, so I pretty much tailored that event to... to um, to people who look like me. And then while I was doing it, I kept uh, going around to almost everyone I knew saying, I'm thinking about doing this. And I think it's gonna look like this. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Would you come to an event like that? And then, you know, testing the model in, in that respect almost every step of the way. Yeah, so that uh, the people I cared about or the people I wanted to attend the event. Um, uh, I, I call it, you know, um, raise a barn, don't build a coliseum. Uh, the more you let people into your, your dream and what it is you're trying to build, the more they take ownership of it, they love it, protect it, and, and uh, pick up a hammer and help you build it, and it becomes a whole lot easier. Um, and I think big companies and small companies can all do that um, in their own way. Did that answer your question? Sort of. It did, but we always like to leave, uh, you know, uh, pointers for the for the listeners in terms of, you know, maybe what process uh, do we follow? What are the mechanics of arriving at that kind of conclusion? You know, in order. So so, I, well, first of all, the blog post on my blog today kind of lays it out on how to do it in a big company. How to do it in a small company is, is to pretty much um, define what it is you think you want to make. Um, and then put your intention out there because whether you have, um, you know, the team to build it or not, um, there are uh, people around you who want to help. Why do they want to help? Because people 
A, are naturally good people, are, are naturally generous, and they like to see good ideas come to fruition. Um, so if you put your, into, what, what happens is, is that we get afraid that if we share our ideas, someone's going to take it. Um, but the, the, thing, the thing is, is that if, if you have a really good idea that you really believe in, someone else might take it, but they're not going to do it the way you would do it. Um, and that's like if you're familiar with 37 Signals and all the products that they've made. Um, they've put them out there, they've built them for themselves, they've had the right team of people, and they've kept the, the original team of people fairly small. Uh, you know, don't do what Americans do, which is start out with a sports car and within five years turn it into a, a Cadillac, you know. Uh, don't keep adding things to what you do. Like, keep it sleek and do one thing well. Right now, to be the guy who makes the best pencil is um, far more attractive than to be the guy that makes a pencil that writes in ink and writes in seven colors and that does cartwheels and that can also write underwater and they, because you, what you're doing is adding cost and I probably don't want seven of those features. So the more you can stay clarified to, and I always start by choosing who I want to build for. Like if, if I were working with you, the first thing, the very first question I would ask you is who do you want to reach? Uh, you know, who is your market? And I would probably tell you that your market looks a lot like you and thinks a lot like you. Um, metaphorically looks a lot like you. Uh, because it's, it's plain old ordinary common sense that we think people who think like we do are incredibly smart. <laughs> And people who don't think like we do are either not so smart or they're being difficult. <laughs> you know, so if you, if you look to build for people who think like you, you're not going to have to go convert other people to be your customers. Or as my friend Steve Barber says, do what you love in service to the people who love what you do and then do everything you can to invite them in find the heroes who love what you're doing and invite them in to uh, help you do it you know ask for their ideas if you recall wordpress started with an invitation from matt mullenweg an open invitation that says i think we can do better than this and one line of code um, and now it's, a, what, a $30 million company that has tens of millions of users? You make it sound so simple. Um, well, you know, we tend to overcomplicate things, don't we? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So in, in, in terms of actually um, knowing someone is on the right course after having that heart-to-heart -heart with themselves and understanding that they need to, uh, you know, step out of their own box or, or take a good look in the mirror and, and, and start to define things in order to be able to move in any particular direction. How do I know once I've taken those steps and presumably have done a good job, how do I know that I'm in the right direction? Let's say the, the feedback isn't coming back 
in the amount that I would like or I'm not seeing enough users of my product or service or what have you um, talking about it enough. How do I react to those kinds of growing pains? Well, first of all, um, if you're determined, uh, you've probably been successful at something else in your in your life, whether you've uh, like you know finished at the university or you know you just learned to read, you know where whatever it was, you know it never crossed your mind not to finish. It just it wasn't an option not to finish. And if you don't feel that way going in about what you're doing, um, if you're not determined, you won't move away the obstacles that'll make you successful. So that's the first thing is like you have to be in with both feet, totally into what you're doing. Secondly, there's a difference between monitoring and listening. Um, you can monitor and, and observe from outside what people are doing. Uh, monitoring is the is the camera alongside the road that that takes photographs of every car that runs the traffic light. But it doesn't really know that the tenth car had a, a medical emergency in it, or that the third car was you know uh, six teenagers who were drunk driving, um, whatever. Uh, so listening is actually going out and talking to people and getting feedback and, and incorporating their feedback. So it's, you have to be determined enough to be personally invested, um, but you also have to not take it personally so that you can like take, uh, listen to feedback in such a way that you are truly have the product or the service outside you and are tailoring it to the people that you're serving. Um, you're, you're, the intimacy with your customer group is is pretty much key because if they know that you'll listen, they'll tell you what's wrong with what you're doing, um, and they'll actually tell you how to fix it. Um, but if you're not listening, they won't. And then you know it's a matter of being aware of what you're good at and what you're not. A lot of people like to do the work, like they go and start a business because they're a great designer or they're a great coder. Um, but you know, they don't realize that there's a lot to business that involves marketing and overhead and uh, back office billing and things like that. So knowing what you're not good at and partnering with people who, by the way, will probably irritate you because they're good at things you don't like to do. Um, so, but partnering with people you know, who care about what you don't care so much about uh, so that they take care of the, like, I really, I really hate taking care of contracts. <laughs> I really hate uh, invoicing and things like that. So, you know, my partner, he loves institutional discipline. He's also a really nice guy. Uh, so he, he takes care of that part and I go, you know, like, do the stuff that sounds like the way I talk. Um, and, and it works out really well because, you know, we're covered on both sides. Okay. So, I think that that's helpful, you know, uh, listening versus monitoring. It's, it's a subtlety I didn't recognize coupled with the idea of not just having people who are, are strong at things that you may be weak at for partners, but 
probably people that annoy you because they're so good at it. I think that's something I haven't heard before. So what's next, Lids? You know, you, you've, you've got the feedback loop uh, created and you're, you're properly interacting with it. Is it a rinse and repeat thing? Do you, you, you know, iterate? If you're English, that's how you'd enunciate that. Do you <laughs> iterate on your idea? I mean, what are your next steps? You know, you listen to Jason Fried and, and, and uh, you know, him talk about what they do at 37 Signals and how they remove features, you know, in the same way that you talked about Cirque du Soleil, removing these other things and creating something special that way. What's the next step, though? You know, because the product still has to move forward or the service still has to innovate. Well, it's it's um it's pay, constantly paying attention, you know, like the the guy at the microphone testing, constantly testing, um, constantly paying attention to um, what's going on in in the in the in in the community. Um, first of all, it's it's like being fully engaged. I'm when I build my conference, I'm I'm fully engaged with the people who attend, but I'm always like looking for. Um, more people I want to have in that room, more people who I think can add to that room. How, how can they add to the mix? Who would be interesting to be in the room? Um, what do they think we should be doing next year? How can I how can I make it better next year? I'm never quite, quite fully satisfied um, with the offer or the way the offer is going to go. Um, because uh, one of the things I learned when I was in publishing, and I, I learned it just by watching, is that we would build we would build a book or a program for kids to use in school, and then that book or program would become our model for the next one. And by the time we got to the third one, the first one would be like, oh, that. <laughs> it's so yesterday. It's so um, off the wall um, that, you know, we, that was when we didn't know anything. So, you know, as you're constantly growing, you're, you're constantly asking higher level questions. And um, and and incorporating them into the, like the refinements. Here's the part that I never liked about this, you know. And you know, let's take something as simple as WordPress. You know, I'm looking at WordPress, and there's, you know, like, boy, I wish I could search the comments by date. I have comments that go all the way back to 2005, and I don't really want to go to page 2543 and have to backtrack to go look in to find. December of 2006 because I know something happened about that time and somebody commented on it and there's no way for me to get to reasonable comments or I want to see what we were talking about then. Uh, you know, they're like little tweaks and, and things like that. And But but that's one of the things that um, WordPress does really, really well as far as improving on their product is they're constantly staying in touch with their community about like you know what do you wish for what do you wish you had what do you you know how can you improve the product it's it's been one product since 1.5 to 3.0 um, but my look at how it's changed and and in and the basic idea the really good strategy is that you grow you kind of stick with one product but what you do is you're constantly offering um, something more refined to your current user or your current customer, that, that person who already loves you. Um, but then you're kind of like 
tweaking your offer, not your product, but your offer to attract other people who don't yet know you so that you're growing your, your community at the same time that you're growing your product. So it's like, um, I'm going to refine WordPress by adding these two features and taking away these two things people don't like. At the same time, I'm going to introduce myself uh, to this next group of people who are, you know, people on Twitter who haven't started blogging yet or whatever. Or to put it in a smaller circle, I might be working with accountants right now and maybe I'm going to extend myself out to, you know, work with lawyers. Uh, I, I, I desperately want to keep you talking actually, Liz, but I need to stop for a commercial <laughs> break. Um, so we're going to a quick commercial break and then be right back with Liz Strauss. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more WordPress Community Podcast after this. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. <coughs> wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. I'm going to share with you the simple four steps to selling more of anything, whether on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere else, online or offline. New York Times bestselling author and serial entrepreneur, Joel Kahn. Like me, know me, trust me, pay me. The Joel Com Show, Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. The WordPress Community Podcast continues, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Ghost Evoc and Frederick Towns. Okay, so... Um Let's try and, and wrap this into in the last um, five, six, seven minutes. We've got into uh, some actions that people should be taking tomorrow uh, to improve what they're doing, preferably their blog. But it's, if it's their business, we're okay with that too. 
so, so from the, from what we've talked about today, from the, the very start of the show to to uh, what we just talked and you know, we're talking about, what are, do you think are things that people could do very easily to start doing tomorrow? Okay, well, first of all, whether you make money on it or not, your blog really is a business. It works just like a business. You want to get readers. You want to bring audience to you. So whether you're making money off of it or you're doing it for a hobby, it still works like a business. And you should probably um, approach it like a business if you want your audience to grow. So the first thing is you have to have a goal or a strategy, something you want to, you know, somewhere you want to go. Um, the, this, you know, it's like know who you are and who you want to reach. You know, um, yeah. and clarify that audience as, as clearly as you can, because the more you can say, you know, this is self-help for intelligent people or this is uh, WordPress for beginners, the more people will be able to know, oh, I want to read your blog or I don't. It's a good thing for them to be able to say, you know, I don't because, you know, you don't want everybody. You want the people who love you. You don't want to date every guy on the football team. Nobody wants to go out with the person who dates every guy on the football team. So you, you want to be a hero to the people who read your blog. And sometimes a, a hundred people who read it well are, are better than a hundred thousand people who click by and leave. Um, so being very clear about that is the first thing. The second is if you don't know how to promote your blog, surround yourself with people who do. Um, okay. And build your network before you need it. So um, don't be afraid to, to put the name of your blog everywhere you can find it, um, which is on your business card, in your, in your email address, um, on your other blogs, on, on profiles on all your social network sites, and um, to talk about your blog in ways that are natural to you because um, – uh, shameless self-promotion is a pain, but promotion should be natural the way you talk about your blog, the way you talk to your friends about what you do. And that's a good thing. That has if, always helped me. I mean, like, if, if you don't tell other people your vision or about what you're doing, they're never going to see it or know it. That's just pretty basic. Um, and I have a whole series of uh, self-promotion, uh, you know, and and if you think that uh, um, you're, you're self-conscious about self-promotion, who's putting that word self into those things you are, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to be self-conscious. And perhaps it's like we had a long discussion on my blog once about perhaps, you know, maybe it's a reverse sort of egotism to be self-conscious about those things. So... Um, and build small, uh, you know, invite people in. Don't finish off every blog post and tie it up in a bow. I often say be complete, but don't be thorough. If you can only think of seven things to put on a list, don't make it a top ten list. Leave room for other people to respond to you. The more you leave room for people to respond and be engaged and be part of what you're doing. Um, blog your experience. Um, that's another way to get people involved in, in your business and your blog because um, when you when it's sort of like the movie critic thing 
You know, if every movie, movie critic only uh, blogged the plot of a movie and who is in it and just the facts, then they would all be blogging, you know, writing and saying the same thing. But it's the fact that they blog their experience of the movie that makes them worth listening to. And like my husband uh, follows one movie critic pretty uh, closely and thoroughly because he knows if that guy gives a movie four stars that the movie sucks. But people can extrapolate from your experience if they follow your blog. Like, like people know that, um, that I pretty much veer towards speaking nicely about things. So if I'm silent about something, they can read from that what it means. Um, so, you know, as they get to know you, people come to your blog to know you and to know your opinion on it. Um, and so the more you that's on your blog, the better off you are. Um, and and people work with you. And the you factor is is what makes you worth paying for. We'd be glad to have you back in a future show if you want to, um, especially together be... with Laurel sometime. Don't oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, you you better be prepared for that because Laurel and I, we never start at the beginning. We start in the middle. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and Laurel talks fast, and that makes it even harder. <laughs> okay thanks a lot for being here uh, we really oh, appreciate it uh, and I think you. our listeners will too when, once they've digested all of this um, so thanks and talk to you soon uh, thank you. that's it for this week and we'll be back again next week I don't know with whom yet so you'll have to follow us on Twitter to find out awesome okay talk to you soon everyone bye 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 Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.